1: Different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie? You do
2: soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We we're the Beatles.
0: Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show.
2: And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure.
0: New episodes of American Prodigy dropped Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts.
2: And welcome to Light Years. The Warriors officially two and one to end the preseason. Will they get to seventy three wins, Andy? Ooh,
1: six sixty seven winning percentage, Sam. Ooh, if you do the math, if you do the math, <laughs> uh, I thought overall a fantastic Warriors preseason. Very fun to watch. Very frustrating, which I think is what we expected. I think I saw my I think I was throwing my uh throwing my phone against the uh, my couch a couple times tonight. Uh we're recording this right after the King's Warriors uh victory, the King the Warriors victory. And I I mean this is like a perfect team, Sam. Like I think they're good. They also have enough laws where I think we're going to have to we're going to spend at least four times a week this season, both on regular and premium if you haven't subscribed. Subscribe to light Years premium. Uh, just talking about all the things that think this team is very good at and could get better at. This is this is great stuff. This is the stuff that we wanted.
2: Yeah, so like my take is, man, I this team could really have used like eight preseason games like normal and like a full go around. But you know what? It is what it is. Everyone's dealing with the shortened season, kind of the weird pandemic schedule. Uh, overall, I am optimistic about what I saw in the preseason. We saw the good. We saw the bad. But... I at least at minimum saw a team that I think is going to bring the energy every night. And I think they need that because the first couple months might be really rough until they figure it out. And the only way they're going to sustain their way through that is by trying to make up for maybe lack of skill and, um, just lack of chemistry or know-how by just fighting through it at this point. Yeah. Playing really hard. Like it's a very, uh, it's a very Hoosiers thing, right? It, it's almost <laughs> shout out Kelly Oubre. Did you see him do push-ups after he got charged? <laughs> Kelly <I> was- Oubre, <laughs> it, yeah. he is the most likable uh,
1: person on this team right now. I mean, outside of Steph, obviously, but he is the most likable. Is there anyone even close, Sam? Can Baysmore maybe? But like Kelly Oubre is a fantastic player to watch. He seems like a very fun person. He says hilarious stuff. I think you re, you quote tweeted a tweet today that said that Kelly Ubre literally said to all the loved ones before he signed off. On- <laughs> I mean, come on.
2: Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, he he said we just want to play lucid basketball. Like, I don't know what that means. Um, he also, uh, I mean. I, I feel like the best Ubre thing was at the the opening press conference when like Slater's asking him, he's like, Hey, you shot 35% from three last year. How high do you think you get that percentage? And he's like, Allow me to show you, sir. <laughs> I was just like, what 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 planet is this guy on? I don't I don't know where he is, but I want to hang out with him. <laughs> uh he
1: seems like he truly enjoys playing basketball. He looks like he's super passionate about playing basketball out there. I think it really reminds me of like 1415, 15, uh, 15, 16 Warrior, 16, 17, even with KD. Like, Draymond I was say 12, and- 13. Yeah, 12, 13? Uh, yeah. 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 Like, Steph, Draymond, Clay, KD's first year, like, those guys love basketball. Like, that was their, that was the only thing that they, those guys cared about. And it seems that way with Kelly Oubre, the way he like goes for steals and blocks, the way he goes for alley-oop dunks. I find it fascinating that Wiggins is the one that was destroying on the steals and blocks categories tonight. Uh, and even though it was like, it always feels like that's Oubre, right? So, man, it's it's a, it's a fun time watching this team. I think I'm like, I find myself, Sam, forgetting that Draymond Green isn't playing.
2: Right, and we're going to get into this right now. We're going to get into this tonight. Um, obviously, we're recording this at the end of the preseason. We're going to have our huge season preview pod coming out Monday, the day before the Nets game. But, um, you know, Initial takes from the preseason, we know Draymond's going to make this team better, but it was just – it felt like a breath of fresh air to see them compete without Draymond because obviously they don't mm-hmm. have to play the whole year. And, um, you know, in our heads before preseason started, all we were thinking about was like, man, Steph and Draymond really have to carry this whole thing. And as far as I'm concerned, they they probably still do. But it's good to see, hey, man, if Draymond misses a couple games, they can probably get by. If Steph misses a couple games, they might even be able to get by. Now, we're talking two to three games. I'm not talking like two to three weeks. But at the end of the day, the odds are going to both play 72 full games or low because very few players play the whole season. Um, Or just, I mean, everyone, everyone sprains an ankle at some point or whatever it may be, right? So... Um, it was just it was uh, it was good to see them have some semblance of fight without Draymond. Yeah, um, the mistakes that were being
1: made felt more like dumb mistakes that can be corrected versus. Yeah, I don't think these guys enjoy playing with each other. Type of mistakes. Literally, you look at last season, and a lot of times, I remember D'Angelo Russell turned the ball over. And didn't get back on defense, and I think I literally I think I saw Draymond Green pop a vein in his vessel. Like I think he popped it, like it just exploded on the court. And it literally told me like, yeah, I don't think these guys are enjoying basketball right now. Even right now, when I'm watching Kevon Looney, you know, miss catching the ball, or Kelly Rube with a dumb turnover, Andrew Wiggins just driving into three people with like for
2: no reason, can't get by a center. It, at Wiggins, least feels, yeah, I was gonna say Wiggins' default is like, can I take the most difficult shot at all times? But yes. So Harry B. Although Harry B
1: look good today. It it just feels like they are playing as hard as they can. And I think if some if a team that I'm rooting for is playing as hard as they can, I can't really get mad. I, I can't. Marquise Chris, I think, is the best example tonight. He's just he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's going for awesome offensive rebounds. He's going in for layups. He's trying to get every board. He's making a lot of dumb mistakes. But Missed, missed some
2: bunnies tonight. Yeah. Missed a few threes. Um, probably not shooting three from four from three like he did in the second preseason game. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like he, he's going to make up for it with energy. And I, I think our point is we feel pretty confident they're going to at least reach whatever their ceiling is. The most frustrating thing in the world is when you see a team that can be better than what you're seeing on the court. Right now, with this team, I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like this team is at least trying yep. their hardest.
1: Yep, I'm with you on that, and I think that bodes well. I think the early season schedule is tough. I mean, they're playing KD and Kyrie, and then they're playing Giannis, right? Like nobody really expects them to. No, nobody expects them to win either of those games. But I think like. There's a bit of this team that tells me even though this the, the beginning of the season schedule is going to be tough, these guys are going to play 200%. I think that's enough to beat teams like I mean the Kings that we're watching right now. I think it's enough to beat some of these teams that are kind of like the fringe of the playoff roster or uh, in the play, in playoff contention. Um, and I don't think I don't think that that like it means they're going 5 of 10, 5 12 like something like that, right? I I think the conditioning, the passion and, the, and the, man, I su- I sound like I should be in a. I sound like Gene Hackman right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're full so, cool Hoosiers right now. I
1: sound like Brad Stevens right now. But for a uh, for a season that a lot of these teams don't want to play basketball, a lot of these teams are coming in fat. Luka Doncic looks like he was in the Caribbean for three months. Right, he was in Cabo for for a few months. Harden looks like he doesn't care. I mean, about Harden basketball. looks like it looks like Rick Ross. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's enough for them to steal enough games in the first half of the season so that when they do get acclimated and they are playing better and James Weissman is a superstar by midseason, that this team is going to be a lot better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so so let's get through some preseason takes now. We, we gave our general kind of like happy that it wasn't the 2019 Sad Boy Tour. Um, let's start here. In the preseason, they were plus 15 with Steph Curry, minus eight without him. Okay. Um, I don't think I need to tell you this, but minutes without Steph are going to be a problem. I don't think they have the depth. Brad Wanamaker is fine. I'm not sure he's a guy who leads a second unit. Um, Jordan Poole still figuring out who he is. Kent Bazemore, fine. Eric Paschal, work in progress. Uh, Chris, like, I mean, their second unit is really devoid of anyone you can kind of hang with. Today they tried Andrew Wiggins running the second unit for a while, but in general, I feel like this is going to be a running theme. Can they just tread water when Steph's off the floor? Yeah, a couple things. Um, Brad (coughs) Wanamaker,
1: excuse me, those shorts are killing me. Why does it feel like he's like one of those old guys at Sunset Rack? Uh, that he's just he's coming in there. You don't think he's any good. Then he then he picks up a basketball. You're playing against him. All of a sudden, he's like getting a few steals. He doesn't miss whenever you leave him open. You know, he's finishing at the rim, right? Anything oh, well, he that he
2: totally has
1: old man at 24. Games. old man, old man at 24. Uh, the funny thing is too. I I'm really excited to track this, Sam. The percentages of of Brad Wanamaker shooting on a set shot versus Brad Wanamaker shooting off a of one dribble. I literally think it's like eighty
2: percent versus zero percent. I don't think he can. I don't think he can make a shot after a dribble or but just dribbling into the lane anytime. <laughs> like he can, he can dribble, but like anytime he go, he he puts head down to the rim. Like yeah, he's not making that at all. <laughs>
1: um I think Draymond Green is going to help that not because Draymond Green is going to score 10 points but because you want someone to initiate there was too much Andrew Wiggins initiating tonight it worked because Andrew Wiggins had one of those good games that he had every three games so it's fine but you're going to want to have someone that gets him the ball in the right places you're going to want Draymond to be able to hit Brad Wanamaker for those set shot threes right same with Kent Bazemore I've had enough kind of of Kent Bazemore driving to the rim so I think Draymond will help there I think he will um I'm going to stop there. I'm going to let you go because I got an Ubre Wiggins take after that.
2: Yeah. I mean, my, my main take right now is I don't think Steve Kerr is going to get his way. Steve Kerr says he wants to keep Steph at 34 minutes. I don't see any way in which this roster can make the playoffs with Steph playing only 34 minutes a game. I think Steph's going to have to be in 36, 37, 38 minutes per game mode. Essentially, the type of minutes that James Harden, some of the guys, yes, yes, some of the other guys in the NBA play. I I think he can play 34 minutes against the Sacramento Kings. I don't know that they can beat the Phoenix Suns if Steph's playing 33 minutes a game. Um, they may need him to play 37, 38 minutes because you got Devin Booker or Chris Paul in there just dicing up your second unit. Like You're going to bleed away whatever lead you build with Steph. Um, on the flip side, the positive I saw with that was for a group who didn't know how to play together, who is devoid of shooting, and is missing Draymond Green, they were still pretty much a positive with Steph on the floor. So the the point stands: he's still one of the best players in the NBA period. And while this isn't necessarily the perfect roster construct, they'll still be able to win a lot of games as long as Steph is on the floor. He wasn't even shooting well for most of the preseason. Like you watch no. him in preseason, no. he's missing bunnies and he's doing stuff that to me just scream a man who hasn't played in c- competitive basketball for yeah. way too long.
1: Yeah, he's not. He's not like it's not he's like moving in, well. But yeah, that's the most important part. And when he's missing these threes, these threes aren't like these incredible, these like impossible threes that he's missing because he always takes them. He's missing wide open shots, which. You're talking about the greatest player of all time. That's not sustainable through a 72-game season. Um, My take is that I am going to lose my mind so many times this season because we are going to have a game like Tuesday where Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre is going to shoot 10% from three, and then I'm going to lose my mind in the opposite way on Thursday, like tonight, where Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins shoot over 50% from three. And tonight, you get the good side, which – you look at this team and you're like, yeah, this is the team that's a contender because this is what happens when you get Klay Thompson on the floor, right? You got a, you got a team that can shoot threes. They're money, they're over 50%. I think tonight they made like 15 threes, right? Like that's something that you see when you get Klay Thompson. Then on Tuesday, you get the other side of that. How often that happens? Probably 50 50, right? Sam, so like I don't think either of them are sustainable. But I I, I think that that is good enough for them to win games unless they're playing like the Clippers and Lakers every single game it is, is what that's telling me.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I would feel a lot better if they had a shooter to rotate in with the two of them, you know, like Clay Thompson, perhaps <laughs> um, uh, because like really the issue I have with both of them is not their games. Like I'm not under some illusion that either one of them are Jimmy Butler or, you know, uh Kawhi Leonard or someone like that. Uh it's mostly that they're kind of redundant in some they they both want to slash. They both want to cut to the rim and do the same things. So sometimes it'd be nice to just have a shooter to mix in with them. So it's not the two of them at all times. Um it is going to be frustrating on offense time to time when you just watch the two of them combined, I don't know, three for 14 from three, those type of games, right? And we're gonna get a lot of those. Um, and that's gonna be frustrating. The only the thing I thought that was positive was I was pretty impressed with their defense. It wasn't perfect, but the energy level and the the foundation of it screamed to me that this can be a damn good defense by midseason, I guess is a better way to put it, right? I think they're going to, you know, they're gonna go through some growing pains, but like I, I'd have to look it up right now. I feel like combined they both averaged over a block and a steal a game in the preseason, and that was playing non-starters minutes. And that's a pretty positive sign.
1: Um, and then there's the availability uh, uh, is the best. What what is it called? What what is the phrase? Best ability is availability. Correct. And that's what Andrew Wiggins and Ubre. At least as he is far. I mean, Ubre had a little bit of an injury last year, but these guys are going to play big minutes. They're they're not. Twenty-nine Wiggins years is very, old.
2: Wiggins is very durable. He,
1: he for what he is, you know, as, yeah. a, as a basketball player, he's going to play games, right? And 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 these guys are not thirty-two let's, years old.
2: Yeah, let's let's break this down individually now. Here, then, um, yeah, I want to ask you. So let's let's just go Wiggins only right now for a second. I, what did you like and dislike about Wiggins in the preseason? Um, you know, obviously, we've both watched enough Wiggins in Minnesota. We're trying to, you know, keep a clear mind. But uh, where are you at with him
1: after the preseason? Way more impressed defensively than he is offensively. Um, I think offensively, he's just about the same person. Offensively, I'm like, wait and see, right? I'm like, okay, is, is Draymond going to help him get better? Is he going to put him in better situations? But end of day, it's like he might just be who he is. He might get a few more layups and a few more alley-oops in, in the half court. Well, Draymond, great. But defensively, man like like he's out there he's out there and he can actually affect the game he not kd but he can affect the game on the board he can affect it like i'm not talking about rebounding but he can affect the game blocking shots a lot and of chase downs. Yeah,
2: like
1: that's that's a that's a guy that's using athleticism a lot more than he did in minnesota
2: so i'm impressed by that yeah i agree with you there um i, I think seth partno said it on our pod um when, when he came on before the draft, but he said, I feel more confident about him fitting in with the Warriors defensively than offensively, and he might be right. Like, he, what, he, made, he made errors on defense, but, like, I feel like overall he played well. Offensively, I didn't see anything different from Minnesota other than he got a few easier looks schemed up. Like, you know, quintessential Steve Kerr kind of scheming up something with Steph Curry to get him a backdoor cut, that type of thing. He got a couple more possessions like that, but like generally left to his own vices. He was dribbling into those tough fadeaway mid-range shots that he just took way too many of in Minnesota, right? Yeah. I also, I,
1: I don't know if I blame him on that stuff. I think there's a bit of like, look, he's not getting better doing that at any point in his career. Like he is who he is off the dribble. He is who he is as a shot creator and a scorer. You just gotta put him in a better position. And if you don't have someone like Clay Thompson, which they don't, but if you don't have one someone like Draymond Green, he's not doing any better than that. Um, and then he's gonna have one of these like quote unquote great games tonight. But like I think he's
2: probably gonna I mean, have he one of it. these games out of four. Right? It's he, not you're not expecting this again. Yeah, you're right. I mean, what was great about this game, he hit a ton of tough shots. Yep. Like he he did have a couple impressive drives. But honestly, I will be much more impressed if he shoots. Um, what did he shoot tonight? Do you have it in front of you? I don't. Well, that's – neither do I, so that's difficult. Um, but, but that's but like, okay. No, My that point like, is, yeah, I was going to say, um, I'll be much more impressed if he has a game where he drives to the rim and gets 10 free throws yep. than makes a ton of difficult shots. Because I know he can make these shots, but he doesn't hit them at a clip that's nearly effective enough to – Make his entire diet like fade away 29, 20 footers, right? Like
1: he's shoot,
2: oh, like he's shooting. The- he's shooting these shots like he's Kevin Durant or Kobe Bryant. You know right. what I
1: mean? I think like he made more threes tonight than he normally would at over forty percent clip. I don't have it in front of me, but I think he three was of like, seven. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's fine. He's making them, but it's just not sustainable. And I think we can use this to move towards like someone like Kelly Oubre, who I think the process is right. The process of who he's trying to be as a Warriors player is correct. He's fantastic on – well, okay, let me pull that back a little bit. He's very passionate and energetic on defense. He's pulling up on people. He's trying to get rebounds. He's trying to get blocks. But more importantly, offensively, he's someone that is only playing against – I think the biggest difference here in in the the first quarter that I saw between Wiggins and Oubre is that Andrew Wiggins, when defaulted into making a play, he's going to take that pull-up three. Kelly Oubre, when being defaulted to make a play, is going to get to the
2: hole. So who would you rather have? Right? Yeah, I don't cool. and, and you're right. Like when Oubre, um, And then Oubre can get into trouble where he drives too hard and turns it over or like knocks it off the backboard. But ultimately, the decision-making is right because he knows me going to the hole is more likely than not going to produce good things for the team than me trying to pull up from 19.
1: Yeah, that's that's really, I think, the most important part for this team because I do feel like this team is not – Steve Kerr a quote the other day saying, like, hey, a lot of these young guys now in today's era wants to shoot threes. That's what they're used to. But they're not great three-point shooters. If you have an option between shooting a three against, like, a semi-contested defender, take the drive, right? Get to the hole. It's not like Andrew Wiggins isn't quick enough to get to the hole. That's why I do like Eric Pasco. Even Eric Pasco didn't have a great night tonight. But, like – He's someone that's going to get to the hole and try to finish versus pulling up for that three. When you're a 33, 35% free throw shooter, why are you shooting a three against a guy that's coming out to you? More often than not, you're not making that, right? Like, unless yeah. your name is Steph
2: or clay or, 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 or Katie or, or right. Right. I Lillard, that's yeah, not your point stands. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, we got a little quote here. Um, we, we got Kelly Oubre here. Let the games begin. Ready to hoop? Oh boy! I think. I think oh boy, the fan. I think that he's he's going to be top five favorite warrior among fans just because like he just he knows how to play to the crowd. Like I actually feel bad for him that he doesn't get a crowd because the crowd would be all about him. Um, well, not just because
1: he's a he's a he's a fun basketball player. Yes. <laughs> but because he's Kelly Oubre. I think the quotes are fantastic. To me, I tweeted, I talked to you this morning. I was like, honestly, Kelly Oubre to me feels like he's like a a, a Kyrie Irving type, but like cool. Like people will actually. He's who like he's, he's, he's who he's who Kyrie thinks he is. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. Like Kyrie says the shit that he does, which like I guess people around him maybe think like, oh, Kyrie, you're so cool for saying all this shit. Where Kelly Oubre is like. He says the stuff that he does, and everybody is like, "Oh, you know, that's pr-. like it's it's like um, he's like Clay Thompson, except for Clay Thompson that like, like I think Kelly Oubre is trying to say this stuff. I think Clay Thompson just says whatever the hell
2: is on his mind, and it ends up yeah. Being- Clay Clay doesn't care at all. There's a, there's <laughs> a little difference there. Um, <laughs> going forward, is there what do you want to see from Wiggins and Oubre? Like, we're, we're talking realistic here. It's like, yes, I would, I would, we would both like to see them shoot 45% from three,
1: but, you know, I think the one thing from Andrew Wiggins that I would like to see is just get to the hole. Before settling for a jump shot, I think is is probably the easiest way to put it because there were a few possessions where he took it to the rack. I thought I thought the offensive foul that they called on him was pretty bullshit. Um, right. I thought that was at least a no call. Then the third was in the Fitz. third quarter. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't believe I agree with Fitz, but I was like, that's a great <laughs> move, and he's not, he's not weak. He's strong. He's right. strong. He can finish through contact. That's just not how who he is. It's like, I, you know, me and you play basketball. Me as a basketball player, I don't, I'm not like a, I don't finish through contact. I'm not like a super strong guy that finishes through. So when you're not that guy, you don't really think of doing that. And I think Wiggins right. doesn't know how quick and strong he is, so he doesn't do that. And he only does it once or twice a game. I just think that's something that he's going to have to change his mentality on.
2: I don't know if he can do it, but that would be the best way. It'll be interesting. And for me, the big thing I want to see is how he plays when Draymond's in there. Because the one point you made you made earlier, which I thought was really interesting and I agree with, is he's handling the ball too much. He's obviously handling the ball too much because outside of Steph, who else is going to handle it, right? So, obviously, Draymond's a superior ball handler decision maker to Wiggins. Now let's see what Wiggins looks like when he's the third option in terms of initiating the offense where he can truly play off of Steph and Draymond in a way that he's never been allowed to, even in Minnesota, you know, it was, it was Rubio and later like towns, but he never really played off of people. He always had to be like a primary guy. Um, And, you know, that doesn't take away his own deficiencies, which are, you know, he really does love to kind of settle for jumpers. But, like, let's see how it looks when he's truly in a role where it's like, dude, we don't care. You don't have to initiate a single pick and roll this game ever. Yeah. You know, too, like, we too don't much. need you to do that.
1: Yeah, too much of that tonight. Uh, what I want to see from Kelly Oubre, I thought he had a fantastic preseason. Like, I'm almost I'm almost, I'm almost close to saying I think I just want to see this Kelly Oubre. Um, because anything more from Kelly Oubre, I'm like, well, that's not really within the realm of possibility for a player like him, right? Yeah. Um, So for me, probably the only thing is like, I want him to be, I want him to play with, I want him to actually play off the second unit. I think they think that Andrew Wiggins is a more talented player. I agree. I think that they think if you're going to have a guy that scores off the second unit, that's probably Wiggins. I agree. But in certain games, I think Steve Kerr is going to have to say, well, Oubre's the guy tonight that's actually making all the plays off the dribble and can actually score more points, which I think is tonight. Why don't we play him? Right. Why don't we have him lead the second unit with Pascal and Draymond? So I will be curious to see what that lineup is, Sam, starting Tuesday, Friday, rest of the season. But I think there are games where Kelly Oubre is going to be the second best scorer on this team. And they're just going to have to play to that.
2: Absolutely.
1: So before we go on here, uh, bet online. Basketball is back in full swing. We've got the regular season coming up. Well, less than a week. You might not be at a game this year. Five, four days, four Four days. days. Four days! Wow. Um, you might not be maybe to game this three year if
2: you're listening to this the day after it's released. We don't <laughs> <already> do this. <laughs> uh,
1: who knows? Uh, maybe it's tomorrow. Uh, but you can still be on the action. You can bet on every game. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every single possible chance to win this season. Game spreads, totals, team, player, coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. Start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online. And take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses, promo code BLUEWIRE, betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed also helps you find quality candidates and quickly so you can focus on hiring the the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, uh, Indeed gives you full score and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. And there are no long term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality quality candidates will see it in fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeedcom slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, indie.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st.
2: Terms and conditions apply. Nice. So I'm going to read some stats off for you. Preseason's over. They've only played three games, which is not a normal preseason. Steph Curry, 13 for 33 from three-point range in three games. That's 39.3%. And that is over. These stats are not official. I'm, you know, tomorrow they may correct the stats, but it's close enough, right? Um, that is on about 78 minutes. So we're talking about 27 minutes a game in preseason. He's getting up 11 threes a game. So my question for you is: Do you think Steph can take? Over 14 threes a game, 15 threes a game. How how many are we getting up? Because 11 threes a game, his career high is 11.7, just to be clear. And to be fair, he played in a more talented team where he would often not pull the trigger when he should have pulled the trigger, right? Sure. sure. Now he's on a team where it's like, dude, you shooting with three guys around you is probably still the best shot we have. How many, how many threes is he really going to get up a game at this point? Oh, boy. My um, frame of
1: reference is probably James Harden, right? James Harden, 13.2 threes per game two years ago and 12.4 per game. So I know why you asked this question <laughs> because this is probably one of the, the highest. I mean, he's going to break his own record from 15-16. I think he'll be right there. I think he'll be right there because if you look at the flow of the game and you look at whether they need the shots, these shots or not, they need all of them, Sam. I mean, they they were up 10, they they're up 15, but they need all of these threes. And it's not like these are bad shots that are being taken. I think that's very important as well. A lot of these shots that he's taken are open or they are good shots. It doesn't feel like he's shooting them against double teams. He's not shooting them off the dribble against someone else, right? He's not forcing any of these shots up. So I do feel like he gets to 12, at least 13, most likely. And then 14 is like, yeah, he's breaking his own record again. And I I think he's probably doing it at a pretty efficient percentage.
2: Yeah. Like my, my big take is I'm not particularly worried about um, his shooting percentages at this point. Like we watch stuff and he just needs to play more games. We've seen him go through s- spells like this in the past. He just needs to find a rhythm at this point. He was already finding a rhythm. The difference between the first preseason game and halfway through the second game, just let me know. It's like I, all he needs is more run at this point. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like I'm I'm looking at some of the shots that he's taking. It's like, yeah, I mean, they're open. They're fine. He's missing a few bunnies too. He's missing a few layups, right? A few floaters right, right. where it's like – like I've seen him make this a million times. The most important part is the separation that he's getting still right there. The handle that he's getting still right there, right? He's still got the dribble combo moves. And then the backdoor stuff I think is always funny to watch. Uh, he backdoored De'Aaron Fox a few times. And I think that's what separates him for everyone else. Not I think. It's obvious. That's what separates him for all the other superstars is that he gets easy buckets because literally – Sam, the same thing as driving off a pick and roll into two people and scoring versus playing off the ball and getting a layup because of a Marquise Chris pass, they count the same. And that's what makes Steph Curry so great.
2: So, Steph scored 68 points in about 78 minutes in preseason. That puts him on pace to average about 31 and a half points per. 36 minutes, which is coincidentally what he did in the unanimous MVP season. My question for you is, does he average more than 30 points a game this year? You and I both know uh, he can. It, it, yeah, it doesn't matter to him. He, like he's If he's at 29.2, but they're winning, he's not going to, like, gun for it just to say he got 30. I think he does, and I think he
1: does because he has to. After watching these games, I think it kind of confirmed what we thought, right? It confirmed that we thought he has to play more. They're not going to play. They're not good without him. Um, And he's going to have to play at least 35 minutes, 36 minutes even. And he's going to have to not only play those minutes, he's chucking up. You know, I think he realizes that. Um, After game one, he came out in game two chucking. And then today, he came out chucking and kept shooting despite the fact that he was missing. So I do think he averages at 30 points, if not more. And I think they need him. It's not like 15, 16, where he can average a high amount of points and then sit out the the fourth quarter, which is like an incredible feat in itself. I think he has to score more than 30 points. And it's not like he's scoring them and then losing, like a Russell Westbrook thing. I think if he gets over that number, they're winning.
2: Yeah, and the one thing I noticed um, in Game 3 was he didn't come out chucking. Actually, this is true of both game two and game three. He kind of sensed the moment and started taking more shots as he needed to. And I think he'll do that as the season goes. And I think the way this roster is constructed, they're going to need him to do it more nights than not. So I think that's going to be our new normal. I think as long as Steph stays healthy, we're going to see Steph maybe take a career high in terms of field goal attempts, definitely a career high in terms of three-point attempts. And, He's probably going to top 2015-16 in terms of points per game Um, and, you know, make those people who say he hasn't proven it, which can we talk about that real quick? Yeah. What do you say to someone who says Steph needs to prove something? Oh man, word!
1: I could take it like twenty different ways. I'm gonna take one way because I know you can take any other way. Keep keep it PG for the pot. Yeah, (laughs) keep keep the keep the rest to premium. I think what people feel is that there should be a level of difficulty, not because that the game should be difficult, but that you should lose, right, and that it should look difficult. The way that Steph Curry plays basketball makes it look that it's easy. I think Kelly Oubre just had a quote that said, "If you every time Steph misses a shot, it's an anomaly, right? Or something like that. It's like it just doesn't make sense when he misses a shot. And I think you don't see that. You have never seen that in the history of basketball. So when you watch Steph Curry, you're like, all right, everything looks easy, not only when he scores the basketball, but also looks easy when the Warriors win basketball games. Right, The the biggest part of 15-16 was that the Warriors won so much, Steph didn't play the fourth quarter. It just seems so easy that people are like, well, if it's so easy, then it can't be Steph. It's got to be Draymond. It's got to be Clay. It's got to be Jarrett
2: Jack. It's all, it's all Iguodala's second pass.
1: Yeah, it's all <laughs> something else other than the fact that, you know what, maybe this Steph Curry guy is making things really easy for everyone. And I think that... Is what annoys people because you never even let's look at LeBron James. Oh, actually, you know what? Not even LeBron because we talk about LeBron all the time. Kawhi Leonard. When you watch Kawhi Leonard make shots, doesn't every shot seem like really difficult? Doesn't it seem like he's just kind of like, I guess a pound, 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 and he shoots like a contested. And, to- and right? like, doesn't it feel so difficult?
2: I would actually say the Kawhi points an excellent point because Kawhi takes the shots that we've been like conditioned. To yeah. believe is what a star takes because he takes a bunch of Kobe shots <laughs> a bunch of like 15 and 12 footers and like he's amazing at them he's one of the best ever at those shots and in our minds we're like that's how a star is supposed yeah. to look yeah. yeah it's like he gives a little like shoulder push right fades to the left and hits it on repeat that's how it's supposed to be whereas Steph it's like all deception and using the defenders kind of Um, being overzealous, using their force against them to go the opposite way. And it just makes people feel like it's smoke and mirrors instead of skill. And that's what I feel like there's a percentage of people who will never understand how much skill is involved in that because they want to believe it's some sort of gimmick. Yeah, that, I think that's, that's there it is. Like people think that like this thing is like, oh, it can't be,
1: it, it, it's 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 just bullshit. Like you shoot from 30, 28 feet. That's all you can do. That's the other thing, right? Today, Bill Simmons and Barack Obama uh, had a podcast where it was like, is Steph Curry the greatest shooter of all time? Which... Like, okay, that's first of all, it's a bullshit question. We know he's a greatest shooter of all time. But why does it have to be qualified as that, Sam, right? Because I think a lot of people think, well, Steph shoots 44% from three career. Dame Lillard shoots like 38% from three. But you know what? Since Dame Lillard is someone that like is cooler and, and Russ, actually no, Russell Westbrook is a better example. Because Russell Westbrook is more athletic and it seems like he can score better and it seems like he can play better defense. Well, that makes him a better basketball player. That makes him a better all-around basketball player.
2: Yeah, I mean that's I mean, we we've talked ad nauseum about the rust thing. It's like just because you're more athletic <laughs> does not mean you're a better basketball player. But anyway, anyway, we can we can take this in many different directions, and we will. <laughs> we'll do it in our season preview pod. Um, I want to ask you a different question here. Yep. Did anyone surprise you in preseason? Am I good and bad? I mean, am I really going to go down this road,
1: Sam, because I fucking love (laughs) Nico Mannion? Because I love Nico (laughs) Mannion. I have changed – no, no, no. I have changed my mind on Nico Mannion because he impressed me in the way that when you watch a basketball player, you just know whether they have a feel for the game or not. We talked about this with Draymond Green. That was the guy. That's like the the, the, the glaring example. We watched Draymond Green play – Five games and we knew, oh, man, that guy can play basketball. You know, he might not be a star or whatever, but he can play basketball. Right. I watched five minutes of Nico Mannion, and I may be wrong, but I'm like, shoot. Like, that guy can play basketball. He's going to find the right player. He's going to make all the right plays. If he can make a three, Sam – also, he could play defense. Like, he's up in your face. He can move laterally. If he can make a three, the guy's going to be in the league for 15 years. Like it just, can he shoot or not? Right. But like, I'm watching, I'm like, God damn it. I really wanted to dislike him, (laughs) but he could ball. So that's my guy. Um, I don't know about you. That's, that's my guy though. Nico.
2: I'm going to say Steve Kerr surprised me. Wow. Um, I like the the direction they're going as a team. There seems to be buy-in to play a little more Nelly ball and not just buy in to do it, but like, it's pretty organized. Like, is it perfect? No, they haven't played enough games. But, like, they have a very clear identity they're striving for. And, in my opinion, it is the correct identity for this team. This isn't a team who should be running the triangle. They don't have the the passers to do that. Um, they also are just not a roster that's built of guys who are going to take um, – who are going to be successful in the half court, right? So – they're going to try to play basically an alley ball. They're going to try to run. They're going to try to create havoc. They're going to try to space the floor. And it's still a work in progress. But, you know, shout out to Steve Kerr for essentially identifying how his roster is and trying to maximize it. And, you know, we talked about this before the season started about our favorite coaches. And we threw out Spolstra, Stevens, Nick Nurse, as guys who have shown ability to adapt to their rosters and kind of switch things up Um, more. So Spolster and nurse, to be honest, but um, yes, that's what I, that's what we really wanted to see from Steve Kirk because he is creative enough and he has shown he's an excellent coach. I just want to see him kind of, you know, he has a roster of players who can do certain things, but you know, maybe not the things he loves. And now he's figuring out ways to make them successful while not Losing his identity.
1: Ah, oh, man, that's a hell of a. Yeah, that's that's right. I think I think that's by far the best thing that we that we've could have hoped for this season, and I think that goes hand in hand with what the team that dare we say Kirk Lacob and Bob Myers has built for Steve Kerr. Yeah. like he puts they put together a team that makes sense. It makes sense from top to bottom. Um, I think what they're missing. Right now, a couple, a couple shooters. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, yeah, they're not going to get a couple shooters. But what they're missing right now, I think, is James Wiseman. I, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but I watched Kevon Looney tonight, Sam. <sighs> Look, I get he's healthy. I get he's healthy. He looks he looks fine out there. But man, he's not a starting center. He's not. He's not a starting NBA center. He's not, not moving. Not
2: moving at the speed that's necessary for this roster.
1: No, I'm watching him get cooked by Hassan freaking Whiteside. And I'm watching him get a pick and roll, and he has a wide open lane. Well, honestly, it reminds me of myself. I'm a slow basketball player, and he's getting to the rim. Like he gets a wide open path to the rim, but he takes a dribble, and all of a sudden, somebody and that, and that, that lane is closed. How? <laughs> How? How? Right? And it's like, okay, maybe you start Marquise Chris, but Marquise Chris is also six nine, right? These guys are small guys, and they're not going to be able to contest a big guy like that, and so. There's nothing Steve Kirk can do. There's nothing really Kirk and Kent and Joe, any of these guys Bob yeah, can Yeah, Kirk can't make
2: him seven feet.
1: You can't make him seven feet. So that tells me like, okay, they drafted James Wiseman. I get it. Look, the mellow ball looked okay today. He made a bunch of threes. Patrick Williams and a coral. Your guys look great. Uh, Denny FD, my guy, looks awesome. Like Some of these guys that are drafted in the league right now look amazing. Not amazing, but they look like they're basketball players. But I can see why they Tyrese drafted James, Halliburton. James Wiseman. Let's Halliburton. Halliburton as Kalena says, Halliburton, Halliburton. I don't know why he says that, but they look like they are rotation wing players and Halliburton right now would probably be fantastic. as like the two guard next to Steph, but you can see why they drafted James Wiseman. And I think like, well, not, I think, I know if you're going through a full season with Looney and Chris, my God, they're not winning. Like I don't, it's not sustainable. And I think they are banking on Wiseman a little bit this season to at least at least be able to play 10-15 solid minutes, um, especially when you're going up against like a... More. S- yeah. More. More. Kobe voice. More. But like, they're going to play their fair share of Inez Kentress and Hassan Whitesides. They're going to play these lumbering bigs that may give them... Th- these guys may give them problems, right? I'm not even talking about Jokic and AD. Like, these guys might give them problems. And against James Wiseman, I think Wiseman could probably take advantage of these guys. So... I see the vision. It's tough, but I think that's why Steve Kerr is so excited. He's typing up up or as Sam sources says, maybe they're just hiding him up so they can trade him for Ben Simmons. I don't know. (laughs) 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 All
2: right. So, so I want to end with this. All right. we have not seen Draymond or Wiseman in preseason. So how does this whole thing look in your mind when those two are out there? What changes? What looks different? The defense
1: today was very frustrating to watch. Okay, <laughs> to say the least, very frustrating to watch. Leaving Nemanja Bielitsa to shoot threes repeatedly. I watch Eric Pasco, and I kind of can't blame him because he's he's a, a second year guy on a team last year that was terrible. But it's like, man, like what are you doing out there? <laughs> I can it, it, I can already imagine Draymond just chewing him out right every five seconds. So I think Draymond at least organizes the defense. Um, and I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing. There's just too many dumb mistakes that there's really nobody else on this team. That's going to correct it. Like Steph is going to do all he can, but he's not a captain of the defense. Like Draymond. Right. Is. So, so that's the biggest one for me.
2: Okay. I want to throw in also, um, they'll play faster. A uh, dream green. will get them out in the break faster. Wiseman might be one of the three fastest centers in the NBA from the minute he hits the floor. um, you know, Marquis Chris is fast, but he's also 6'9". Looney's not fast. So um, it's going to be useful to have more guys who can push them out on the break and take advantage of the athleticism on the wings and get step shots in transition as opposed to, you know, inevitably they're going to play better defenses who are going to be able to get back and transition and force them to have to run some half-court offense what we're trying to do with the Warriors here is limit the amount of times you have to go against a set waker or clipper defense, right? Because um, they, they don't really have the spacing or maybe the IQ to take advantage of, or to just yeah. get a good shot versus like a team anchored with LeBron and AD and that sort of thing. Yeah, I remember the
1: last time we saw Draymond play cuz I'm not gonna count last season was game 6 of the NBA Finals and I think Draymond had about 25 turnovers just like off dumb passes after rebounds. But Draymond was all over the place, right? He was making every single play possible. Um and I think that's what they need right now. They need some guy that has some semblance of IQ that can that can push the ball and make the right plays. Look, it's not they're not playing in the NBA Finals every game. <laughs> They're most likely playing the Kings and the Blazers and, 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 and you know, some of these mediocrities, Minnesota, right? Like some of these Utah, some of these guys that they could beat on a day-to-day basis. They're not playing the Kawhi Toronto Raptors, so they don't need Draymond to be peak Draymond. They need someone to make the right plays because, I frankly, I don't trust Wiggins, Oubre, Bazemore, Wanamaker, any of these guys to make those plays. You put the ball in Draymond's hands, then he gets that all organized. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. Like that's someone at least that that just cut down the dumbass turnovers because that was really frustrating in the first half today and and I'm sure it's still gonna happen if you don't have have them out there on the floor.
2: Absolutely. Okay, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here right now. we are going to we'll be back Sunday. Actually, it'll post Monday. We'll get our full season preview podcast. Ooh. And yeah, man, we are four days away from the NBA
1: regular season. It's awesome. It's as exciting as it gets. Everybody subscribe, five stars, uh, subscribe to premium if you want to get in on the good, good stuff. So um, we'll talk to you then.